Hello, friends, and welcome to the most glorious of events, the Movie Mavericks Podcast. This outstanding program is hosted by two fine gentlemen, Jason and Trevor. Now make it so. MovieMavericks.com Hey now, everybody, welcome to episode 358 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson, sending you over to Jason Rugard. He's got a rundown for us. We are coming at you on lockdown quarantine, so we do have a show for you tonight. And on tonight's run, I'm taking my time explaining this because we all have all the time in the world. And I imagine if you're listening to this, maybe you listen to it on a walk, maybe you listen to it at home. But I, I want you to know when you are listening to this that we are locked down. And we are watching movies, and we are going to talk about Spencer Confidential, Gemini Man, Charlie's Angels, X-Men Dark Phoenix, 21 Bridges, Jexy, and a movie called The Man Who Killed Hitler, then Bigfoot, and then he took out Corvid-19. No. Uh, that'd be a nice ending to he that. He'd, be, he'd get the trifecta if he could do all that. First, He's let's talk... He's enough. Uh, I know, it's starring Sam Elliott, that film, isn't it? Yeah. Who can do no wrong. Although... He is on that Netflix show, The Ranch, which is utterly unwatchable. Do you watch uh, The Ranch? Um, yeah, I've seen all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have. It's so bad. It's so but bad, bro. But I couldn't bro. stop watching it. Oh, yes, you can. At any given moment, no, I you saw know what's going to happen. I've seen all of it. Oh, You've yeah, you know exactly sh- what's going to happen. There's not one original episode in that sitcom. Like one comedic no, situation terrible, they come up with. Show. It's terrible. It is terrible. Uh, I, I've only seen a couple episodes because uh, I don't actually like to watch The Ranch. It's like the Bill Burr joke. I like to watch my girlfriend watching The Ranch <laughs> so I can just talk <laughs> shit about it the entire time. And I, I, I've ruined it for her to where she won't even fucking watch it anymore. Um, but that's well, I've seen every episode, so. Well, you're the problem. If you want to know anything keep, about it. That's why they made five it. seasons, sir. People like you. Hey, you know, I'd watch another season. Actually, that's not true. I, <laughs> I think I've suffered enough. Yeah, you've seen probably hundred episodes. I had to man. check it off. You got to check it off. No, there's not not a hundred episodes. There I've aren't fifty enough, episodes. To me, there aren't enough days on lockdown, uh, in a quarantine, to watch all episodes of The Ranch. But I'm glad you had to ch- check it off your box. I'm glad it was on the to do list. <laughs> gotta get uh, that get that done. Speaking of TV, that leads us to our trivia question today. Do you recall Mad TV? Uh-huh. And it was like the little brother knockoff of Saturday Night Live, correct? Or of In Living Color. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Do you know oh, how sure. long Mad TV ran for? Oh, a long time. Um, oh, God, I'll have to guess. Um, Do you know what oh, year it started for extra, extra points? Do you know the year it started and stopped? For extra points. I mean, I don't. I, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'll throw out a, a guess, I guess, because it. I did not watch it for that long. But I know it ran a really long time. I'm going to throw out a guess. Uh, I want to go high. I'm just going to go really high. I'm going to go 12 years. It ran for 11 years. Great 11 guess. years, all right. 15 seasons over 11 years from 95 to 2016. Who the fuck was still mm-hmm. watching Mad TV in 2014? I don't know. I wasn't. Yeah. I, I, I was surprised that it ran for so long. I, I read that a while ago. I couldn't believe it. And then you look at the, the cast members who came from that, and it's like Bobby Lee, Brian <laughs> Callen, Jordan Peele, Michael Keegan. Uh, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like a lot of big names there. 
I I mean I remember the old stuff. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Obviously, I have no idea who was on that show for like I, mean, I didn't watch it very for that long, really, a couple of years maybe. Before I was done I didn't with even it. know it was on. I honestly Yeah, same I here. had no idea that that was still on to the point where I had to look this up and they had a season 1 DVD come out in 2004 and I guess the sales were so piss poor for that, they never released the follow-up seasons. Now, there's a disc where it's like the best of seasons 8, 9, or 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has select sketches on it and whatnot. But there's not like any pent-up demand for this. Like You can find the back catalog of Saturday Night Live and whatnot. But I don't think you can find much Mad TV other than bootleg stuff on YouTube. Not that there's much demand for it. I don't think there was any like signature characters. No, I mean, there were. I remember some stuff. Uh... The Asian lady, I recall. Sure. Um, that's about like, Frank Caliendo was on this and his impersonations. Other than that, I can't recall shit from this. I couldn't recall that Brian Callen was on it from uh, Goldberg's. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, but I haven't seen a lot of it. So to be fair, I just I absolutely don't know. Yeah, well, it was a trivia question, and uh, so that, I'm glad yeah. that you you guessed 15 seasons. That's fairly impressive for. Uh, show that Fox just kept dumping money into. I mean, In Living Color did not run for that long at all. No. All right, let's get into our reviews because everybody's watching. I mean, as you can tell, probably I'm a little congested right now, and it's a cold. So hopefully there's an episode 359 in the future. Oh. <laughs> you'll, you'll know if this oh. got worse if there's no episode 359 at some point. Uh, first up tonight is Spencer Confidential, the Mark Wahlberg Netflix film, uh, Peter Durg. Peter Berg, as opposed to Peter Durg, it's his uh, yeah. his cousin. That's his, he doesn't like to talk about. Oh, I thought that was his porno personality. No, that's the that's the asshole who made Battleship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but Peter Berg is the good the guy who made uh, <laughs> some good flicks like Lone Survivor and uh, Deepwater Horizon. Spencer Confidential right. is uh, without a doubt the strongest movie that Netflix and the most entertaining movie that Netflix has ever made. I was so glad you finally watched this because I really enjoyed this. It's I've seen it twice now, and it's as enjoyable the second time. This has a perfect blend to me of action and humor. Everybody's cast perfectly. Alan Arkin, uh, Eliza Schlesinger, Winston Duke, they all are just great in this. And the script by Brian Helgland uh, is, it hangs together better than it really should or better than it has any right to. I thought this was real strong. Yeah, I mean, I first of all, Mark Wahlberg is super likable in this. Um, clearly, put him, get him in the right role. I'm get him in a Peter Berg movie, uh, apparently, but get him in the right role, and uh, and he's just really excellent. This is a fun movie, and I was a little bit afraid of the trailer at first. Trailer's but, terrible. Uh, it is, but when you watch the trailer scenes play out in the movie, uh, they're great. And Peter Berg is. I, at this point, he's just a go-to director for me. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, he's won me over at this point. I, all these little movies, especially a lot of these Mark Wahlberg ones, but even the stuff before, you know, Rundown. Uh, he's done a lot of good stuff uh, with the, on a smaller scale, I guess you'd say, a smaller budget. Very bad things. Very, very there clever. Yeah, so I really like him a lot. And the other thing that I really liked about this is it's a, just a movie. Remember when movies were movies and they weren't like, you know, some, there's no spaceships in this. There's no, there's no nonsense. It's just action. It's just a guy. He kind of shows up. He, he, 
he he just does action, right? He just does action things. It's not John Wick. It's not some crazy, weird, ridiculous world that he lives in. Yeah, it's just an action movie. It's just a normal movie. It's just a movie. It's what I call the guy who can't walk away. You know what I mean? He his life would be so yes. much easier if he could just turn his fucking head. But his moral compass says, "I gotta stick my nose in this, even though I know it's gonna hurt physically." And that kind of character, and this Boston character, there's a lot of stuff in this that's very charming. And I think charming is a strange yeah. word to use for a movie that's so brutal in a lot of ways. But even the end when she says she wants lobster, it's not that and it brutal. Says though, lobster I... on title. I mean that those kind of like moments mm-hmm. just remind you like, oh, this can be fun too. It's and fun. the setup for a sequel yeah. is so it's handled so. I don't want to say cheesy, but like it's handled in such a way that I was like, yes, I'm ready. I'm so ready for a Spencer well, Confidential it, it, too. I wish they had one on tap already. It sets up for a very episodic. Uh type of installments here which i think is perfect for this and he's basically a private investigator which a genre right. that i love uh but even from the opening scene the opening fight scene in the uh in the prison, the prison? at first i thought yeah. i don't know this looks this is going to be a little bit too much uh and then it's just awesome you just go with it it's just awesome they rate it back perfect i didn't think i was gonna like Spencer and Hawk's relationship. I didn't think I was going to like Duke and Wahlberg together on screen, mm-hmm. but by midpoint, I really started enjoying well, their banter. In, in one one the, I'm sorry, I'm talking over you. Go ahead. I just thought their banter was great. And, and the moment that really mm-hmm. won me over for Duke's character in general is when Wahlberg's character tells him the story about tracksuit Johnny or Eddie or whatever his name uh-huh. was there. And all these negative things he was doing at the end, he says, he killed the fucking cat. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of like yeah. almost like a human touch that a real person would get hung up on. Not just a character in a movie who's propelling a plot point. I agree. I, mean, I, I have to say one thing about this, you know, is that Mark Wahlberg, Winston Duke, Alan Arkin, Eliza Schlesinger, all of their characters were complete characters in and up to themselves. They interacted with each other, but no one like the hot character wasn't second uh, to Spencer. He was off doing his own thing and he helped Spencer out every once in a while. And I like that a lot too. Alan Arkin's character was doing his kind of his own thing. So was uh, the Eliza character. She was off doing her own thing and they would, they would duck in have some interaction, whatever, and duck out. And, and everyone, and even so, by the end of it, I don't know, you felt like it, it was a group of people that, that were real, like the dynamics really worked. And it just felt like, said, it felt like a self-contained movie, which I, I mm-hmm. like. There was a tag on it for a sequel, leave it open the door for a sequel, but it wasn't meant to be mm-hmm. the first of, of three interconnected stories or whatever you want to do. It was a one-off, and I really appreciate it. And right. I like <laughs> to see Bokeem Woodbine right. back on the screen in this. I know, and, right? Uh, and also in Queen and Slim, he has other. He's a strong in that as well. So he's making a, a bit of a resurgence lately. Good to see him on screen. I don't, I don't know why we, we like Bokeem, but we do. He's always been strong ever since I saw him in Strapped, that HBO uh, movie back in the day. I agree. I, just, I know. I've liked I've liked him in all the B movie stuff that he makes. He stands yeah. out. He he just always has some way of standing out uh, while he, not being like in your face. I'll say Bokeem Woodbine has a certain, uh, you want to keep your eyes on him. He almost seems dangerous on screen. He's a little shady sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Even when he's playing a good guy, you always, he seems like he has a certain danger to him. And I think that's what makes him a movie star. I really like seeing him on screen. Let's talk about Will Smith's 
somewhat comeback before Bad Boy. I think this was intended as his his comeback, Gemini Man. Although this failed at the worldwide Isn't box it? office, and it's not hard to see why. Well, is this is this a Will Smith movie or an Ang Lee movie? It's well, the director's hand in this <laughs> is very evident in all shots. I mean, it's it's oh, shot God. beautifully in that like it has stunning images in it from time to time, but way too much. Look like they shot day for night at some points, which is very off-putting. And ultimately, the movie is kind of... Uh, what do you want to talk about? The CGI first, or do you want to talk about the story? Because this is a movie well, that is so story. mediocre. Story-wise, it's a well, near-miss for me. But the, the, uh, what do you think about the, the opening act, though? When they when they first establish Will Smith's character and thing, doesn't isn't that kind of a, a, a normal action movie? You kind of I, like I was into that for a second. I was like, oh, this movie might actually be pretty decent. And it wasn't until they started doing the whole Gemini Man nonsense and 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 putting that into it that it really fell apart and it falls apart fast. I thought that it was slow to develop. I was waiting for that. Yeah, the first act has to go by before we even get the confrontation between young and old. And when that happens, there's moments in that that chase sequence through, uh, I believe they're in, in Colombia, uh, in Cartagena. And it, it's like there's moments in that that are so well done mixed with moments that are so yeah. cartoonish looking. It looks like something from The Matrix Part 2. It's so bad. It's like from an early PlayStation game that I can't believe – that that it's so awkward but like there's are moments where it's startlingly good as well so you're like you just get you're just fucking you're getting teased the whole time but isn't it I mean, but from a story point of view I, yes. I think that one point that we're missing here is that the one thing the movie doesn't really address is that the the clone that it's raised by clive owen's character Mm-hmm. There's no they totally gloss over the fact of like is there a nature versus nurture angle like, could he be something different because he was raised with the father I, that loved him? I thought him? about that too. Yeah. Why didn't he? Why didn't they exploit that? That was to me the most interesting idea that the whole movie may have presented, well, and they what, just glide over that. I mean, in what world do we do these people live in where they see each other and they don't? It Believe? seems like they didn't ask enough questions. Yeah, like, like I was just so confused because like I'm already, I well, obviously we're already keyed in. We know what's going on. But it was just confusing as shit. Like, why? I'm why surprised don't they... you liked the first act. To be honest with you, man, I I thought it was so bad when he was killing the bee with his hat, and when he's talking to the girl, and then he sets up a date, and then he's like apologizing. It just was all so fucking weird to me. Well, I but didn't think the, that's the first act. That's way. This, that's not first act. The scene where he is in the catacombs the and he delivers the speech is, i like uh, that i would consider the end of it i didn't like the girl stuff or any of that I stuff i, I like the introduction was... of his character really the catacomb sequence um, is the best sequence in this movie for me everything else in it is uh, uh, a missed opportunity and really it's an experiment on both ends like for cinema and story to, and all that shit because this is not the way to make movies like this i don't did you watch any of the high i, I put my tv on the high frame rate when i watch this did you no, but it doesn't matter. So, That's fake anyways. You didn't see the real deal. No, but it, it glides <laughs> a little bit uh, smoother. Yeah, I mean, you could do that with any movie. That's not what this... It, it what this, this like sh- Well, you could see that this was a high frame rate regardless. You could you could tell that, that it was sourced from that. Like, it, it had, has no motion blur. It's, it, except for the CGI, it, which is terrible. I d- didn't just... God damn, this is a stupid movie. Like, Gemini Man, a clone, really? It's 2019. I just kept thinking, if this Watch is the, the bad guy's plot... I don't understand this. 
why did he not just clone himself? Like, if he wanted a bunch of soldiers that could feel no pain, he didn't necessarily need these snipers. You know, like, I just, I, yeah, there's I so many know. inaccuracies when you really think about it. I just, like I said, the Clive Owen character is utterly fucking wasted. And there is no reason that the younger clone should have any loyalty to Will Smith. There really isn't, if you yeah. really think about it. So what, he has, he, he's made from you, but he didn't raise you. You should be more loyal to the man who raised you. Like I just, I, and then I, just, yeah. and then I'm sitting there going, "Well, is he still a virgin? Because there's a whole thing made up that he's a 23 year old virgin. And he doesn't like change well, <laughs> much when he's 50. So is he still a virgin? Like, what do you I, think about some of the stuff like, uh, like the frame size changes? You know, the the old Ang Lee shit that he's still up to. I, I didn't appreciate. Did it you at notice all, any of that out of the movie? Yeah, I, I noticed oh, it when God, he was, it was adjusting the dial on his uh, his oh. settings there on his gun. Oh. There was all sorts of weird shit going on in that movie. It was a very off-putting movie for. It was hard to get through there for some reason, and it's not that long of a movie. It's it, not it's, a good story, you know. It's not a yeah. good story. Ang Lee is apparently at this point way more into testing technical things and saying that they're artistic uh, when they're not. They're just you know. It's just he does it all the time in a lot of movies. He gets away with it in stuff like Life of Pi, where you have a really strong story of yeah. really good acting. I didn't even particularly like Will Smith in this movie, um, I, especially I liked the, him in uh, moments, the younger Will Smith. The younger Will Smith is me. fucking terrible, and he it does a terrible me. job at acting as his younger self. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's the CGI. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe that's just bringing something out <laughs> and no, bothering me but i really think playing his younger self he is really not very good at all i Older noticed Will smith this. is fine when when he's playing the younger self this might be on the cgi technicians it might be the way that will smith now plays things as opposed to when he was a younger man they over emphasized his his eyes and the lines of his forehead yeah. when he was uh, reacting to I things he was it listening too. to so i didn't know if that was like a like an artistic choice by the technicians or if that was how well, it Smith did plays feel it now. like a caricature right almost in some ways where they're, they're really trying to lean into oh look at this is classic will smith and and because he does have those mannerisms if you look but not back all at the that, time but not to that degree i know i yeah. I, I, I know exactly what you're saying because it bothered me too it does really feel like it's really in your face like they're really trying to sell you on it uh, and it's too bad because this movie there's really there's nothing wrong with it per se other than that it's just it's uh, simplistic to the nth degree and it's made a straight to, to video like movie. I mean, that's it really, really is. what it is. If, and then you throw Van Damme in this, throw it straight to video. You're done. I don't even understand. I'm saying uh, this goes straight to Netflix if it doesn't have well, all the gimmicks. Same thing. And let's let's be honest. Bright, which was a Netflix straight to mo- DVD movie or straight to streaming right. movie, is better than Gemini Man. Oh, by far, yeah. Yeah, and we both shit on that movie at the time, and I'll, I'll take. I'll read that. I'd rather watch so much Bright on that. I'm okay than with Gemini Bright. Man. Well, you're gonna get to. They're making a sequel, but the Thank point God. is, uh, Ang Lee sucks. I think that's the point. Yeah, well, we've known that for quite some time, my friend. Oh. Although he really did Sorry. have. Uh, he had. I rewatched Crouching Tiger not that long ago, like in the last three months. Uh-huh. That movie still holds up. Like that has some artistry. That has some uh, beautiful movie making elements to it, and even the Hulk, mm-hmm. which got shit on has some moments to it but i think that was, that to me was the start of the downfall when he started playing with uh the, the running frames at the same time to make it look like a comic book page and using these quote-unquote gimmicks that he doesn't need find hmm. a better story i always liked uh i was more of a house of flying daggers guy myself oh i kind of liked hero you know in the in the ones that followed yeah hero's pretty good 
Yeah, those were. I mean, they're all solid. That the, they had. I that, really like House Flying Daggers, and Crouch of Tiger Hidden Dragon was a bit much. I don't know. I guess I just don't really like Ang Lee so much. Life of Pi is really good. I'll give him that one. There's probably a couple other ones, but well, we're going. We're glazing over uh, the elephant in the room, which is Brokeback Mountain, and that's probably his masterpiece when it comes to like English language films. Uh, yeah. I mean, it his doesn't iconic do it for work. me. I didn't really like it that much. Well, but, I mean, yeah. I didn't think it did it for you, but I thought maybe it Well, not even in that way. I mean, just in a movie way. It just wasn't, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, not that interesting, I guess. I mean, I get it. I get what it is, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think he has very much technical talent when it comes to storytelling. Well, shit. It, that Billy Lynn movie is is the same thing as Gemini Man in a lot of ways. It's distracting yeah. because it's trying to, uh, instead of telling you a complex story, it's got a simple story that they're going to tell you in a technically complex fashion. And that's what you get. Yeah, I don't really like any of his stuff. Sorry. Let's talk about Charlie's Angels. This is the reboot of the reboot of, of the, the TV reboot? show. Wait, yeah. And um, this is the 2019 <laughs> oh my God. quote unquote woke version of Charlie's Angels. And it's it's going to be hard to review this without totally sounding like an asshole. So let me say this. This is toxic femininity. If you want to go with toxic masculinity, this is so... I almost couldn't believe that it's true, though, right? I mean, when I, you saw... So with the opening scene, the opening, the opening line scene. to this movie is like, is like, what? We're really digging into this right now? We're doing this right now? The first five I'm minutes of this away. movie let you know that pretty much you're not invited to this party. This is not open for for you. This is not meant for for you or I. Mm-hmm. So our review of it is pretty much inconsequential in a lot of ways because we're not the target intended audience. It to me yeah. it was almost like going to see a Pixar movie and trying to review that because I'm not fucking ten, so I don't really understand the target audience and the impact that it has. Maybe for young girls and well, for for women that that like this shit, this will work. But I loved the first two Charlie's Angels movies and just comparing mm-hmm. the two. This movie is so fucking badly put together that the, there's one decent action sequence, as far as I'm concerned, which is which the beginning. Which one's that? Uh, oh. When they're in the coffee shop, I thought that was cool with the with the shootout that ends up in the. Well, that's not the beginning, in, but right. In the water. I gotcha. Well, it's about thirty minutes into it, but you know what I mean. The first, <laughs> yeah, kind of the first yeah. actor, beginning of the second act. So I thought that was the only thing that pepped things up, and I thought they did the impossible of making Kristen Stewart look somewhat sexually appealing in something. So I think she's. But a she's very a lesbian, awkward. so you can't have. Well, her. I mean. They make that very clear, too, in that she's this wacky one. And I think that the movie makes a huge mistake in this thing, too. I, I thought that the girl who played Jane, the tall, darker-skinned girl, mm-hmm. I thought she was very interesting. I, th- I liked her character. I thought a movie about her might have been more interesting than these other two fucking idiots. And the Kristen Stewart character is, like, above – her character is played above the material. She's, like, almost got this Kristen sarcastic Stewart. view of what's going on to everybody else who's playing it straight. Why the fuck is her character yeah. – who knows it's a movie and everybody else is in the movie. I, That's I, what I didn't understand. I'm fine with Kristen Stewart. I like her. Um, she's goddamn terrible in this movie. I mean, I just, think it's the character. Ter- it's, well, it's her. She's playing the character. You can see it, her doing it. I mean, I've heard plenty of interviews from her about this movie. It's her. The other thing I hate about this movie is Elizabeth Banks. Get behind the camera, in front of the com- camera, but make up your fucking mind. Uh, why is she in this movie so much? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I didn't need her I mean, in this movie fuck, as much. Let, these, let the Charlie's Angels be in the, be the movie. Let them do it. I, I felt like I did not get to know any of these characters. Not a one bit. And I not only that, but I didn't like them on top of that. But 
Um, the whole movie, you know, is established on women, good men, bad. And if you know that I've spoiled the movie for you because you'll be able to figure everything out. Out of the, it's insane. The, the, the woke remakes and whatnot, I'll take Terminator dark fate over this. Yeah, Terminator Dark Fate has like a line in it that, that is yes. that is jarring, and that's it. I mean, I mean, I still I don't understand who was complaining about the Ghostbusters movie. I like that movie, and yes, there's women right. in it, but is that that's literally what it felt like people were complaining about. But when you see this Charlie's Angels movie, it's like it's just you just I still can't wrap my head around it. Like who decided I feel like this was there a was good an idea? Arrogance. There was an Huge. arrogance all around that's that they were going to tell a story that hadn't been told and that they weren't going to objectify these angels and that this that and the other the whole fucking joke is how mm-hmm. they are smarter than they look and that they they're objectified by people while they're well, why is doing you know running a con a long con the, so why the fuck is that not in here anywhere oh no the other issue well there is a long con in this right at the end with the the wink to all the girls that have all the women that have been around them the whole time oh god right. make me puke but why is the action so bad in this i'm just in general this is some of the most bland action i've seen it's boring as shit to watch this movie there are shots in this movie that are interesting that Elizabeth Banks comes up with that are, are fairly intriguing. But you're right; it seems like at some she point she them. handed it over to the second unit. And I don't know that I'm believing any of that. Yeah, she's on the screen half the damn time, and it's just shot. The blocking shit. The the movie in general is just uh, a joke of action. You know, at least the first Charlie's Angels. I don't know, tongue in cheek, kind of had what was going on. This movie did that. But the mistake that movies make nowadays is it, they are super serious uh, at the same time as being jokey. And it doesn't I don't think that shit works anymore. You know, yeah. it, if you take something like The Spy Who Dumped Me, well, it worked there. But also they didn't do jokey, weird things. The people were jokey and their reaction to what was happening was the joke. It wasn't the, the nonsense that people were pulling out guns and doing all this stupid shit like that, which can be fun. But it shouldn't be played as super serious unless you're going to do something uh, super stylized, I guess. Which, uh, am I just explaining that the movie did that too? You're saying that, <laughs> let me ask you something. Do you take this I just over don't like the action in this. Men in Black International? Because to me, these are on the same level of, of just No, misguided. I like the Men in Black characters way more than this. That's fair. You know, I, I, I like think that movie, did, it's not a good movie, but it did a better job uh, with that world and with those characters and whatnot. And, and it had moments that were passable. This movie had nothing for me. I, I just I couldn't stand any of this movie. I would have liked to have seen a standalone movie just on the Jane character. Uh, or Jade, I can't remember what it was. Well, she's a, a let's be fair. This three. is a this is not a good movie. Take out all the the political stuff. It's still not very good. It's, it's not right, good. No, it's dull as fuck. So that's that's the whole yeah. point. Like for a, a movie like coming off the first two, which if you could say anything, they weren't dull. I mean, they had they were very popping. Well, in a lot Gemini of ways. Man's pretty dull. Oh, you mean yeah. the Charlie's, uh, Charlie's Angels, Angels movies? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm saying the first the first uh, two movies of those were very very. Uh, high energy and this well, is they were just fun dull. you know i and, didn't get a lot of fun in this movie and it seems like they should have been having more fun but from the very beginning with when christian stewart comes up on that helicopter ugh, yeah i didn't know what that was yeah, that bothered me too all right let's move on because we sound like assholes here <laughs> charlie's angels though is amongst the worst movies i've seen from 2000 yeah not a fan it definitely goes on the bottom 10 
Uh, let's talk about another movie that was critically maligned and it pretty much ignored at the box office. That's X-Men Dark Phoenix, the send-off to the first-class group of films, and really maybe the last uh, X-Men movie for this incarnation, which is really a yeah. reboot, right, of the first one, although they've done pretty clever things by reworking the first ones. And um, I don't know. This, to me, is, is a minor entry. And it, once again, not a very interesting... What I came to find when I was watching Dark Phoenix is that I enjoyed Dark Phoenix more when the main character was off screen. And I got to see Cyclops and, and Magneto and, so and Professor X. Specifically, uh, Sophie Turner. Uh, yeah, Jean Grey. Yeah, when Jean Grey was off screen... I, I found this movie much more enjoyable. I don't know if it I had was just character or what. Hmm. Really? Yeah. I, I thought it was really interesting when Fastbender showed up, and I almost kind of forgot these people yeah. were in there. Uh, although, it, tell I mean, me I'll that Jennifer that. Lawrence's uh, whole phoning it in doesn't feel but so like so is James just... McAvoy for most of it. And I think I really honestly blame the dialogue for that. But that first scene when, when she's arguing with, with uh, when they have uh, you know Mystique arguing with Xavier in the office or whatever is fucking horrendous there's one I, good line I, in that exchange when she tells him about line. this you should call Whole it ex-women because we're saving that's the good line more men. i thought that was a decent line because they oh were sa- saving the asses i think that's some, some low-hanging there. fruit right there and if anything that's nothing more than anything that charlie's angels did but the only person I thought really in this movie that they seemed like they were giving a shit or putting anything really into it the whole time was Sophie Turner, you know, and I'll, I will admit that Fassbender is also very good, but he's in it so little, you know, I mean, this is really a handing off uh, of the torch here in a way that makes no sense. Almost like they're still in it. They're still main characters. You're going to kill some of these people off. You're going to kind of hand it off to these other characters who are all X-Men. I so confused so who's all x-men everyone but people are leaving i mean at the time it's a confusing movie i don't think they know what they're doing with it i thought that the for talking about dialogue when beast goes and talks to magneto in that first exchange there with nicholas hunt and uh fassbender that fucking dialogue is so bad yeah. that it's so simplistically written. You know, I, I knew you For loved the her majority too. of the movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really just very, even when she goes and visits her dad, he goes, I'll, I'll get you some water. It's like, these are just really odd exchanges that characters are having. And, uh, that's they how the movie of, feels though, right? The movie jumps around like crazy and they have the same well, fucking the conversations no, over and over and over again. And it's like, the villains have no impact. Jessica Chastain is wasted. McAvoy is pretty much wasted. <laughs> Fastbender is wasted. Jennifer Lawrence is wasted. It's a lot of good actors that are wasted in this movie. And the final battle sequence kind of like the first five minutes when they're in space, I thought, okay, we might be onto something here. You have the, mm-hmm. the little girl get in the car wreck and she caused it. And then they're in space and there's some nice visuals. And I thought, this could be fun and then it goes along and you're just like like I said every, to me the movie comes to a grinding halt every time Jean Grey is on screen and if Sophie Turner was trying then poor thing had nothing to work with because her character is once again the word dull well, I agree up. with that yeah I thought the whole yeah. movie was like that though I was just missed opportunity after missed opportunity and we're just twiddling thumbs here and nobody gives a shit it felt like really nobody uns- gave a shit unceremonious uh, send off to the X-Men in their uh, 20-year run, basically. That's fine with me. Although they have the New Mutants, which I guess is going to be the continuation of this. Is that how that works now? I don't. I have no idea. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I, we need a break. I need a break. Okay, people? 
Yeah, I was never the hugest X-Men fan anyways. I mean, I liked the first I loved X-Men. I loved the first one when it came out, and then X-Men 2 came out, and I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. This is getting so good. And then X-Men 3 came out, and I was like, eh, okay. Done. And then First Class came out, and I was like, holy shit, this is good again. You're skipping. No, no, my friend. You're skipping X-Men or uh, Wolverine Origins, which came after that. Well, yeah, of course I'm which skipping was that. Which fucking terrible. But we're then talking we're X-Men talking movies. To... That's not, that's not oh, an X-Men movie. It's a Wolverine no, these movie. Are all, these are Christ. It's the same. There's eight of these fucking things all mixed together. There's three it's Logan movies. The Wolverine movies. movies are not the same thing. Those are standalone Wolverine movies, really. Well, then they intermingled the first class movies with the original timeline. Yeah, I know. And things, <laughs> you know, things got all wonky. I know. But first class was really good. Uh, um, it was. I mean, Re- you can't Matthew deny Vaughan. it. I mean, it, it was, but in in so much as the thing I remember from first class being so amazed with it uh, was McAvoy and fucking Fastbender. Fastbender's badass oh. in first class. Yeah, he really is. He's like James Bond in that movie. I think that's a great. I think that was Matthew Vaughn trying out some things too before he did the Kingsman. Basically making a yeah maybe almost like when Nolan was using uh, Batman to like basically do his James Bond in a lot of ways you know uh-huh. all right let's talk uh, Jexy which you got a chance to catch up with I saw it last show you asked me how does it stack up to her and I told you that's like comparing Taxi Driver to Dude Where's My Car <laughs> and uh, where do you think this movie uh, belongs and how'd you like it uh, yeah it doesn't. Uh... Well, I don't know if that's a, a fair comparison about this because I don't think I'd put this on the same level as uh, as Dude Where's My Car. I liked this movie, um, but it is no her, you know. It, it, but it doesn't try to be on the other right. side of that. But I did think this was funny, and it's got some um, solid laughs. I thought it was funny. I thought it was touching when it needed to be. Um, uh, you know, it's cheap, uh, but Adam Devine works in it, and uh, and. Yeah, it was fine. It was good, good writing, good laugh. Um, I mean, I'd recommend this to people as a, as a, you know, waste your time, watch a movie. This one's pretty good. I I said in my review yeah. last week or last time we recorded that this was uh the probably the best they could do with a comedic version of like they, all the possibilities with oh yeah I the agree. charger in and out and it was the kind of a sexual thing and and all that stuff like I thought they they kind of exhausted all the angles. And of its type, it, it wasn't bad, but it was just very minor. And uh, it just, to me, it was a very minor film, but it, it well, the could way it progresses, though, it does work. Like, I will say, whoever plotted this thing out, uh, as far as um, the script goes, uh, did a pretty good job. Like, it, it keeps your attention pretty much the whole time. He's got enough things going on, and it uh, flops back and forth on, on the phone. You know, it gives him enough time to experience. Uh, the phone annoying the shit out of him and to to a degree almost where you kind of start to to see that the phone uh does have some sort of connection to him does that make sense you know like yeah. like like they they kind of does give you enough time to to go through that to where you do believe that the phone is a character i guess which it's is as good as what they did in her you know for yeah. divine honestly he was well cast in this thought he worked pretty good Tell me about 21 Bridges. I haven't got a chance to catch up with this one yet. Should I watch it? This is the Chadwick Boseman cop film. Um, so Chadwick Boseman's great. Uh, the movie, pretty good. Um, I'll say if I was to pick a movie, this reminded me most of, uh, you know, 
style wise, I guess maybe Den of Thieves. Um, it definitely has that 12 blocks type kind of a feel to it, not only just in title, but the just 16 in blocks. Or 16 blocks. I'm sorry. I'm 21 flipping that around. Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, but, but in action style, you know, anyways, this feels like an older action movie, uh, which is great and very good. Um, but it, it's a, it's a bit much, I as guess in, at the plot, end. Plot wise, as in, it gets a lot of control. Yes. But, but like yeah. an older movie, it reminds me of, uh, of street Kings. Remember that Keanu Reeves movie? Yeah. I like that movie. The David um, yeah. I liked Surprised it a lot. You like it. No, I love oh, street shit. Kings. I mean, Keanu Reeves is really good at street Kings. This movie is basically street Kings. Um, that movie was pretty gritty. This is that violent. Eh. I mean, story wise, it's, it's uh, a bit, uh, it's a bit ridiculous, I guess. By the time by the time you get to the end and they do all the reveals, which you've already figured out, and they're not really trying to be that shady with hiding it, honestly, um, it, it's just a bit much, you know. And then you you kind of just have to wait for some of those action scenes to play out. It's it's a little too long winded for for its own good, I think, in some ways. But a decent enough watch if you like action movies, uh, if you like older. Um, mid 2000 action movies uh, this would have played perfectly you know 2004 2005 right in there and bozeman makes for a compelling action hero yeah i really like uh, uh chad bozeman yeah uh, uh, i call him chad excuse me you, yeah, you guys well, you guys are close <laughs> really, yeah i like chadwick bozeman uh, a lot you know and he's very good in this um I don't know. He's he's a little bit creepy, I guess, in some way. Like he just doesn't give a shit. Like he doesn't take anyone's shit in this movie. He's he's the, he's the man. He's the man, the man in most of his yeah, movies. Yeah, which reminds me of, of what Street Kings was, you know, because they bring hit, this guy in because uh, they kind of in the same way Street Kings, right? He's like an enforcer type guy, even though it's that's not really this movie's not an enforcer guy. He's uh, just, he's the best at what he does. No, he just hunkers down. You know, he's like a machine. You know, he just hunkers. This is what he's doing. He's got his eyes set on it, and uh, and fuck all. You know, but he's but he's smart. Whereas the Keanu Reeves character was stupid in Street Kings, but this guy's this guy has some intelligence behind those eyes. You know. Well, yeah, I'm gonna take a look at this. This came out at the same time as that film Black and Blue, with the female cop who was uh, being hunted by criminals and her fellow mm, cops. Kind of remember Tyrese. Yeah, that and I kind of kept confusing the two. So I'm gonna have to um, to watch this one. I actually wanted to see that. I one I will as say well, the so. title really has nothing. They do close down the bridges, but I don't doesn't really play into anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I had I had hopes the 21 bridges. It's called that. It would have some. It doesn't s- climax on a bridge. Yeah, or it, it would have some severe like uh, something more to do with it. But they just pretty much go like, "We're gonna close down all the bridges." And they're okay. and like, that's it. We're not okay. We've that's why we called it 21 Bridges, guys. We called the bridges down. We got it. We got it. We're good. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's better than uh, the bridge and tunnel crowd. It's better, it's better than nothing, I guess. I don't know. It's a perfect title for a throwaway action movie um, that they spent some, some damn budget on, you know. So watch it if you like action. Well, speaking of titles, we got The Man Who Killed Hitler, Then Bigfoot, which is a mouthful yeah, of And then title. the Bigfoot, yeah. And uh, what the fuck is this movie about, other than it stars your boy Sam Elliott, who we know is on the ranch? Um, so this movie is about a guy who killed Hitler, uh, and then the Bigfoot. Yeah. It's not uh, a lie. How's that go? It's not a lie. Uh, let me tell you something. This movie is amazingly shot. Uh, I mean, the blocking, the editing... Uh, the score, Who made this? the do we, acting. Do we have any? Uh, 
I don't know. Ro- Robert D. Krasowski. With Robert D., my man. Let's see what uh, else he's done. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's done uh, much. background here. Because, I mean, you're giving him a high praise. Nothing. I don't know. This is his first movie. I'm telling you, I was into this movie. This was Parasite level for me. Not as good as Parasite, but on that same level. Like, super interesting. Um, Sam Elliott's character is an, an older gentleman who's, I don't unsettled, I guess. He's, he doesn't really know where he belongs in the world anymore. And he remembers back on the time when he had to go kill Hitler. That gets all explained, by the way. Uh, he really did kill Hitler. Uh, but it makes sense. I mean, that's the thing about this movie. This is a serious movie that is absolutely ridiculous. And it plays seriously, and it plays seriously in a way that fucking works. Okay. When he goes and kills the Bigfoot, it's ridiculous, by the way. And that does go a little a little too far. Um, but it's so it's good. <laughs> I can't explain it. I loved this movie. Oh, I'm, I'm very interested now because this is a first-time filmmaker. Uh, he must have done something right because to attract the the financing, it's beautifully shot. Sam I mean, Elliott truly. And, uh, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, the acting is top-notch. The guy who they got to play the young Sam Elliott looks like young Sam Elliott. Um, There's no one that looks like young Sam. I'm Elliott. telling you, I mean, it's it's crazy. <laughs> Aiden Turner. I think this is an actual actor, though. What have I seen Aiden Turner in? Hobbit movies? Hmm. Who shot this movie? This What's who's the cinematographer on this? If you're talking that it's uh, so brilliantly uh, it's just shot here. It's just beautiful. Alex, and, and they have... Alex Vendler. Who's I mean, the Alex editing Vendler? is fantastic. Um, and it's super cheap. And you can... you. You know, with some amount of knowledge and thinking and looking at what's going on, you can tell that it's cheap, but the the way that it looks is not cheap. Yeah, this came out in February of 2019. Where did you see this on? Uh, this is on Hulu right now for anyone that, that is interested in this. Um, give it 10 minutes. Uh, and if you're not somewhat hooked, uh, you can, you know, bail out, obviously. But it really, uh, I've seen the trailer for this. Uh, a while ago, you, you've seen the title. This sounds like it sounds fucking dumb, right? It sounds like uh, right. They, they've done a bunch of these uh, indie film movies recently that are ridiculous. Um, you know, there was that Werewolf Cop one. Um, they've, they've done a lot Velocipaster. of them. Velocipaster. Velocipaster. There you go. There's another one. This nothing like those. This is not some cheap, uh, cheapo recreation of some ridiculous, you know, '90s. Uh, b-movie stuff it's not this is a real damn movie it's ridiculous but it's presented in such a way that it's a real movie i i don't know i'm sorry my my mind was blowing that it was as good as it was do you think this is the best movie you saw on today's show uh oh uh, yeah easily on today's show yeah what you say it made you what it was so good it made you what i I want you to finish that sentence oh i was just i was gonna say maybe i'm overselling it so don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't, don't burn the thing. I, I don't want, yeah, I don't, I don't want to try to oversell it. And then you expect something more because I think so, one thing, mail. one thing that worked for me was that if you just look at this thing and look at the, at the poster and stuff, you think it's going to be one thing and, and then it's, it, and then it's a real fucking movie. What made you watch this? Was it the title? Was it the box art? What, what did you, what did you yeah, watch the this? title. I mean the, okay. the title and what it was about. And I just thought, mm, sounds interesting enough to give it, give it a shot. Um, 
I don't, I don't know. I, I really, really liked it. I'm gonna give it so a I'm shot. I'm interested. I, 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 I want you to watch, to watch it. See if I'm crazy or not. Well, during this self-imposed exile, I will definitely uh, watch that. Now we also have a new option here, or a, a new segment, I should say, best options to stream while we're all quarantined. And uh, we just want to quickly talk about some things that we've been watching outside of the movies that we talked about on the show here. Trevor said that The Man Who Killed Hitler, Then Bigfoot, is available on Hulu. And we have and there's lots of streaming options out there. And yeah. we have uh, just some, some things that we've been watching or some picks. That, uh, I've heard that, that uh, watching. parents are already crazy with Frozen 2. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Disney did that on purpose. And we got to talk here briefly about the fact that things are available to stream right now including uh, as we speak bloodshot will be available the way back uh there's already emma invisible man those the are hunt. all so things are being... 20 dollars rentals though yeah so you can't own them quite um, yet i think but, the interesting um, thing is onward coming out in a couple in like a week or so on disney no, plus no on disney plus oh on disney plus. streaming on disney plus that's that's pretty huge that's big that's good for disney for realizing that i mean the viewing numbers for disney plus and netflix right now not to mention hulu and prime have to be fucking astronomical just i mean right (laughs) and people are consuming so much content right now it's a dream for them but uh have you had any problems with your internet uh streaming not at all with the the i mean nothing more than usual um let's talk briefly here about my pick which is nightman Available on IMDb TV through Prime. I'm lead. I'm leaning into Nightman. <laughs> this is a, a TV series from 1997, based on what they call a Marvel character, but it's really Malibu Comics, which was bought by Marvel. Uh, written by Glenn Larson, who did a bunch of 80s and 90s TV shows. It starts Matt McCallum, who I like Matt McCallum. He, he was in a lot of 90s B movies, mm-hmm. a stuntman. Uh, big bruising, good-looking guy, and he fits the mold of a good superhero pretty well. He's a he's a jazz player by night, Johnny Domino, <laughs> in all the San Francisco nightclubs, and he also goes out and fights fucking crime. <laughs> this show it, it reminds me of things like The Flash and and things of that ilk, you know, from it's, the nineties. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's got that kind of low-level quality. It's not as bad as something like uh, Highlander or... And I know people love that show, but mm-hmm. in that show was cheap as shit. And this show's cheap too, but they have some budget here that they're working uh, with. This and show's it's just, pretty cheap, man. But it has no, that... Man, it's, um, it's got an appeal to it. To it me. has an appeal to it. It has kind of... It does a Sin City type thing every once in a while, which is kind of cool. But it's, su- again, super cheap, so don't expect... Um, you know... And, and, and obviously a decade before Sin City, so don't expect those that level from it. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's 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 an easy and fun show to watch. Yeah, and it's available on IMDb TV. Nightman also available IMDb through Prime. TV. I think it's on uh, Vudu as well, isn't it? I or was it on something what? else? It's it on a- uh, it's on some free stuff. You'll find it. Yeah, if you really want to fucking see it, you'll search it out and find it. There's two seasons it. available, and I think only one season is available on. Uh, yeah, I think that's what it was IMDb. too. Yeah. Yeah, so I think there's one season. If you really like it, you have to probably buy the DVDs. I'm sure those are fucking cheap if you really wanted to. <laughs> All right, what do you got? What's your pick? What have you been watching? What's my pick? Well, I got a couple picks, and I think we should talk about a couple other things. But uh, I'll see your your uh, Nightman there, and I'll, I'll raise you a Tammy and the T-Rex streaming on Showtime and on Shudder, uh, whichever one you want to watch it on. This is, was just a fun 90s romp, ridiculous movie. Um 
the complete polar opposite of uh, the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot, right? <laughs> completely ridiculous, totally low budget, uh, 90s movie starring uh, Denise Richards and uh, Paul Walker. Um, and I just to tell you, it's I just thought it was a fun movie. The movie opens up with Paul Walker and and the the school bully getting into a, a you know a, testic- a testicular twisting uh, match. So, I tried it my alley. Yeah, it's I super that. fun. It's super ridiculous. Uh, he basically uh, Paul Walker uh, gets hurt. Uh, mad scientist takes his brain, puts in an animatronic T Rex. Ridiculous. And these these are at least the one on Shutter. I'm not sure, but I bet the one on Showtime as well. Um, I can't remember who just did. Someone just released the uncut version of this. I it doesn't seem to be too different than the other one and especially not by runtime but uh, it is a little gorier which is a lot of fun huh i was always thinking about a tyrannosaurus rex with whoopi goldberg whenever i hear the title oh, of this film um yeah what was that? That theodore movie? rex theodore rex yeah. thank you thank you and uh the other one the stan winston movie a gnome named norm remember that with <laughs> mm-hmm. anthony michael hall uh, and, and uh, munchies, things like that is what it, it I think is. About. Yeah, it's a little. I think it's a. Well, I would say it's cheaper than those, but it's really not. But it's actually. I mean, it's hysterical. They the way they shoot this. They have a giant animatronic T Rex, and the way they shoot it. But they want uh, mobile hands and stuff, so they put like fake hands, T Rex hands uh, on people's hands, and then they, you know, they shoot it so that the hand comes, the, 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 the thing's head will be in the shot, but also its its hands will do, do oh, shit. It's fucking it. hysterical. There's one point when there's there's just green nylon on someone's hands, like they forgot the, or maybe they didn't have the the actual latex T Rex hands. It's a fun movie. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. That's, that's- fun movie. And the jokes right are funny. I, I thought uh, some of the jokes and stuff in it were fun. Like, like it knows it's ridiculous. That's all. I, that's all I'm asking for is a movie to like acknowledge its ridiculousness without being ironic about it. You know. And Denise Richards is smoking. So enjoy uh, that too. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a prime time, Denise Richards. <laughs> uh, what else you got? I, I, I let me let me throw, well, counter you with one here sure. that I've been watched. I watched Blast, which is a 1998 action film starring Lauren. Ashby, who is better known as Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat, who stars as the janitor, a former martial artist turned janitor, I should say, and he is just mopping up at the Olympic Games when the whole U.S. swim team gets abducted by terrorists, and he's got to fucking get them out. This is the best diehard knockoff I've ever seen straight to video, and there have been uh, many diehard knockoffs that have come to theaters and many that have come straight to DVD or video, and this is amongst one of the funnest. I like Albert Payune movies, uh, early ones, I should say, and there are a number of dog shit ones, so I, that's a fucking very yeah. generalized comment. <laughs> that's a minefield right there. <laughs> yeah, uh, but there's a few of them I like, I should say. And this movie is just what you had said. It's fun. You know what you're getting. I know what level it's aiming at, and it, it does things skillfully enough at its intended level that I could enjoy it for what it was trying to do, as opposed to it, it didn't really have an agenda. It felt like they were just fucking winging it as they went, <laughs> and, and I appreciate that because you can almost feel the "Hey, everybody, let's get together and try to make this thing the best we can," and uh, we're all trying real hard here. It takes as much energy to make a good movie as a bad movie. Let's start remember that, yeah, right? So, what else you got? Uh, well, let's talk about Dave. You've seen Dave yes, a little please. bit. I, um, I've seen the first two episodes oh, of Dave. Wait till you I have see not seen the, the third. third one. The third one is the best one. I've seen uh, the four that are available right now. I've seen them 
Um, this show is the Little Dicky Show, and it's like a it's kind of like an entourage show in, in a way. Like it's about his life, uh, trying to make it as Little Dicky in the music industry, right? Trying to break in, um, and so he meets these wacky characters, and he has friends and whatnot, and trying to do whatever. But um, I, I, this is a funny show, is it not? It's very funny. He's a very likable. Uh, He's very likable, yeah. And Little Dicky is, uh, for people who don't know, he's not like a weird Al Yankovic, but he's a rapper who raps, what would you say, comedic? Satirical. Satirical, is that what you would say? Yeah, I guess some satirical type. Because he's not doing parodies. He's just being ironic and satirical. Um, But he's very fucking talented. He's very likable. He's got comedian chops. And Andrew Santino, who plays his uh, redheaded roommate, Mm -hmm. is a great comedian in his own right, uh, stand-up comedian, and he's good on this show, Mm -hmm. too. I think that this thing is very well cast for what it is. And uh, the the pilot, I thought, was shot in a certain way that I didn't know if I was going to like it, but then it really finished strong. Uh, the second episode had less of those problems, so I think that the mm-hmm. third and fourth will probably. Oh man, the third and fourth solidify really this thing. I mean, the yeah. third episode is hysterical. I laughed through pretty much the whole fucking thing. The fourth episode uh, really brings the whole, and I think when you see that, you'll understand more of why I call this an entourage type show. It really solidifies where the show's going, you know. In the, into the future. I got more of a, like a Louis vibe out of this yeah, show. Yeah, wait till you get to the episode four and it, it feels a little bit more... Because with this show, my guess is you're going to get a lot of that Louis stuff. But the Entourage did that too, right? It wasn't... There were entire Entourage episodes that had nothing to do with movie making. Right. Um, but this show appears to be going in the direction of music making, you know? Uh, but yeah, just... I thought this was a strong show at this point. This, uh, this is really shaping up. I'm all for that. Uh, I, I do like it. I watched like the first two episodes. I intended. I didn't know there was a third one out yet. Um, there's four out right now. The, there's a couple of good sure. documentary series I want to give a shout out to. One is McMillions on HBO. Although it doesn't, it's a six episodes, and to be honest with you, it finishes rather weakly for how uh, how bad or how good of a, a run up to that it was. That by the time the the whole scheme is is shown, this is on HBO by the way. That it's it's all kind of for naught. That it was a lot of misdirection and uh, things they could have told you in probably three episodes. They need six of them. But regardless, worth a watch. And the other is a Viceland series that is premiering second season called Dark Side of the Ring, where they examine unsolved mysteries and murders and weird occurrences in uh, professional wrestling. And this is through Viceland. It's on YouTube. They just released the first episode free on YouTube about Chris Benoit. Uh, it's a two-parter for season two, and uh, that story is just, this is the wrestler who, in 2007, um, killed both his wife and his young son, uh, I think it's two or three-year-old son, and then hung himself. Uh, so very, very dark story, but um, interesting, uh, mm-hmm. to say the least. And uh, this is a new series, or a second season of a series on Viceland, so that's a good time killer as well. Also, I've been watching a lot of Workaholics. Yeah, I love that's Workaholics. So do I. I've watched the. I'm rewatching the first season. It's available Stare. on Amazon right now. It really is. And each one of those episodes is written, like ones by Adam Devine, ones by Anders, ones by Blake Anderson. It's and you can almost tell who's writing what by who's mm-hmm. the main focus of that. But that first season is so strong. Uh, yeah, I'm well all the way through. Uh, all of it is. It's good. I don't. There's like five seasons, maybe more. There has to be more. I, I think 
five or six seasons. Yeah, yeah it was on but for a while. It, it just keeps going and and getting good. I I like all the characters in, in that show, even the the all of his office workers and the and, yeah, his buddy then. Yeah, but obviously Eric Griffin. Yeah, Eric Griffin, uh, Julian Bell. Um, yeah. is really good in that. Um, but yeah, those three guys together are just hysterical, and they seem like they seem like perfect roommates, right? Like those guys would hang out together for sure and annoy the shit out of each other. Just like they do oh, yeah, because they don't really want to hang out with each other. They're just the only people left to hang out with each other. Like no one else <laughs> yeah. wants to hang out with them. <laughs> That's a very good explanation. So, uh, I definitely recommend, uh, getting into some workaholics, especially if, uh, you're home from, from work. Any other movies or, uh, TV shows you want to give a shout out to? Um, I don't, I'm, I'm watching devs as well. If anyone's interested in a, uh, have you seen that at all? I have not. No. Um, I, I don't. It's really slow, so it's a hard watch um, in that sense. But it is interesting enough that I'm still watching. And it's basically about a, a tech company. They have a division called Devs, uh, which is re- really Developers. nondescript. Yeah, but um, I'm not gonna uh, ruin it for you and tell you what they actually do. But it has to do with uh, with quantum physics. Um, and, and then they have a quantum computer in there, and it's. I don't know. It's interesting so far, but I feel like it might be a lost thing, like a J.J. Abrams type bullshit where it's interesting now. But when you find out what they're actually going to do with the plot, it's not going to be so interesting. You You know, wasting my fucking time. Yeah, Yeah, that's what honestly, that's what I'm fearful of Westworld. Yeah, Westworld's good, but I'm done with season three. I'm I'm not even started watching. I'm almost done with Westworld. I'm good. The story can end where it has. (laughs) Yeah, at any season, that's too much. That is a show that every season you can check out of if you want to. Oh, for sure. There really isn't uh, a huge pull. You know what's? uh, Have you watched any Picard? I have not yet. Oh my god, is that a slow show? Well, I hear it's very unlike any of the other Star Trek shows on purpose. Uh, Is what is it most like? Uh, it's like the new it's like discovery most um it's just not it's not very interesting it's really not very good to be honest with you but it is a slow burn like super slow on purpose bad bad stuff like there'd be no way you could for like the first half of the season and it's not a very long season uh you could have told in a single episode it's like it's that slow it's fucking slow yeah, I have no interest. Oh man, really I'd rather rewatch Next Generation. And it's or a stupid thing like too. That. It's just, it's a dumb story, and it's not a very Star Trekky story. It's a the story about the you know androids that want to uh, that the, the Romulans want to kill all the androids. And there's some thing that happened with androids, and our androids bad, or this or that, and it's like this weird actiony wannabe android thing. You're like, what the fuck kind of Star Trek shit is this? Well, we know that uh, Patrick Stewart is up for fucking anything after appearing in Charlie's <laughs> Angels for five minutes as yeah, as know. Bosley number one. The Discovery so. Show is is actually good, um, but the Picard one, mm, I've been let what down. Was the one with with Scott Bakula? Oh, Enterprise! I loved Enterprise? Enterprise. That was pretty good. Um, that was no, pretty good. Com- well, it's dog shit in its own ways, uh, but once you get into it, it's fucking good. <laughs> 
Well, just like Deep Space Nine. But it's also and- more, yeah, uh, those have their own, I mean, to be, to, I mean, to be fair, yes, but those were different. Uh, you know, Next Generation, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, especially Next Generation and Deep Space Nine are obviously clearly very linked together. But Voyager kind yeah, of fall, falls into that category as well. Like, those all are clearly in the same Star Trek universe. Enterprise, clearly in a different uh, Discovery clearly different. Picard is this weird mishmash where it's like Discovery type things. And I, I'll tell you something. Here's a little thing. I'm, I'm going to give these executives a hint at stuff. Don't have people just curse in your shows to make the more adult. It is off putting to be watching Star Trek and to have someone be like, what kind of fucking bullshit are you trying to pull Picard? It's like, what? kind of fucking you would say that this old lady who's the the general of the army thing this is star trek yeah you wouldn't be dropping no, no f-bomb here or there. Yeah, what the fuck's going on up in, in star trek yeah there's no time for that it just feels out of place it, it doesn't and it's, it feels like a, a desperate attempt to attract a younger an adult audience but really by that i would mean a younger audience right a younger adult audience i don't know it feels there's a time at which uh, you can be like HBO, but please God, don't just always try to be like HBO. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Sometimes it's very off-putting when they start swearing in a show just because they have the. If it, if it's not a Martin Scorsese film, no, it does a couple times. There's a world. show I, I was I I watched um, that used to be on Sci-Fi and then switched to Amazon, and it was another. Um, I can't remember the name of it. It really is not turning out to be a very good show either. It was a sci-fi show. It was Cleopatra 2059. It's not. not, That's a fantastic show. There will be no cursing in that show. (laughs) Um, And the characters started cursing because they were on Amazon. You're like, this is so often. Like, I've already watched two seasons of the show. It's been established what the fucking world is like. And I can say fucking on this show because I've said it many times. Yeah, we've established that. Yeah, you don't just all of a sudden have people curse. It's it's really off-putting. It's really weird, and it doesn't redefine you or the show in any way, or at least have it be something real. You know, someone drops something on their foot. Fuck! All right, I get that. That happens in Sorry, Star not, Trek. I believe it. You're not recommending Picard on any level. I really don't. Yeah. Unless you're a super Trekkie guy, like I've seen all Star Trek, I have to see it. Um, uh, you know, my collection must be complete. But uh, <laughs> if that's not, not you, boxes. We know this yeah, about you. If that's not you. <laughs> Then, uh, then yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. It's 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 just too slow of a burn. No, thank you. I, like I said, there's enough uh, Deep Space, Voyager, and Next Generation to fulfill your life. It just fill three quarantines. Well, honestly, so. yeah, you'll you'll yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, mean, I don't think I have anything else to fucking recommend. I think I've I've literally. <laughs> I mean, I'm starting to scrape the barrel of Netflix. I do like this new Netflix uh, feature. Where they tell you the top ten in the U.S. for the day. Have you noticed that? Do you? They always seem so obvious, though. Well, I just think that's really what people are watching. I mean, didn't they already have that? Uh, yeah, because they already had like the trending and stuff. Is they it just all the same this... shit that's on there? No, it, well, I, it's a little different. I don't know. Well, they have top tens, different listings though. I saw the like it literally has. I mean, it depends on what what uh, platform you're watching it on. Uh, on my tablet, it doesn't show up at all. But if I'm watching it on the Apple TV or a Roku, mm-hmm. it shows it. And uh, Spencer Confidential is up there every fucking day. I, I got to believe that Spencer mm-hmm. Confidential will turn out to be their most viewed a new, you know, original film of all time. Even higher than Bright, higher than It might be because Irishman, it's really easy that. to watch. It's easy to watch. It's at the right time when everyone's home. 
Uh, my my girlfriend loved it. I mean, we both just kind of watched it and was like, that was really fucking and good. Mark Wahlberg like, has surprised. to be easily be the most likable main character in one of their films in that movie. Uh, I really think yeah, that's he true. That's movie star. He's more likable still. than Will Smith in, in bright. He's more likable than the whoever else I can even think. Who, I mean, Adam Sandler has been in stuff uh, and he's always likable, but yeah, I think Wahlberg's got the edge on him on these Netflix stuff. Yeah. It's the best one they've produced so far. So I highly recommend watching Spencer confidential. If you haven't yet, uh, it's, it'll take your mind off things and it's just a good, old fashioned I mean, it's like you said the private eye genre he's getting his ass kicked all the time there's suffering involved there's kind of some some ironic twists and uh, just some good supporting characters it's a decent little movie something you would have saw in the theater in 1996 do you know what I mean that's what that yeah. movie would have fit in right around 96, 97 and uh, there's nothing wrong with that it's a good movie star vehicle that's going to wrap up episode 358 we want to thank you guys for joining us on this uh, this Corvid special and uh, we'll be back with you very soon because we are locked indoors and we have nothing to do but <laughs> podcast and watch movies. Hopefully you guys watch some movies too. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I'm Jason Rugard and we are the Movie Mavericks. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to moviemavericks.com, warp 9. Engage! Engage!